This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora I'm Sam Broughton, the Mayor of Waikirikiri, Selwyn District. Welcome back to Swell On Air. Grab a coffee or tea, sit back and enjoy listening to the following show. Good morning. I'm your Swell On Air host, Hamish Sinclair, and our guest now is Debs Moody from Booper. I understand, Debs, you're the sales consultant at the Ashford Retirement Village. Is that correct? That's right, Hamish. Okay, so perhaps you can tell us a little bit, a bit about Booper for a start off. So who is Booper? Well, Booper, <laughs> Booper began in Britain in 1947 and the Booper New Zealand is part of the global Booper group of companies. It's a leading international health and care organisation. Booper New Zealand draws on the Booper's group wide international expertise and, and really have a lot of experience to help provide people with better health and care choices. Bupa New Zealand already supports more than 5,000 re- residents throughout New Zealand living in total independent apartments and villas or the, our beautiful warm and welcoming care homes. Our purpose at Bupa is to help people live longer, happier and healthier lives. So they're really dedicated. The teams that we have in each village, Hamish, are really dedicated to the care of the residents. Even though it's total independent living, they always know there's support there if they need it. I must say I did go out for a for a drive through to Prebleton on the way in here this morning, and um, it's a lovely little village you've got there. It's, it's, it shouldn't be I shouldn't say little. It's quite massive now, and there's ever increasing all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, well to be honest, um, in comparison to some of villages around the country, Booper Ashford is really a village. We we our motto for Ashford is it's not a city; it's still a village. So we're our finished um, villas will only have 99 villas. And the beauty of the villas out there, and you would have seen that yourself this morning, is there's lots of space through them in green areas. So our landscaping is designed to give the residents that feeling that they're still living in a home and not a jungle type of thing. It's, it's spacious, it's warm, it's friendly, it's welcoming. Yes, it was real busy out there today, but it also looked quite serene when I drove down down your main uh, highway there. Um, yeah. And also you can see the Kashmir Hills, so it's quite close, um, but and it's, but it's, it's in a rural setting, which is which would be good for the people. It really is, and Hamish, what's great about it, because our independent villas are welcoming people over the age of 70, we've even got a group of our residents who are already moved and started up an electric bike club because there's like quite a lot of tracks around there that they can go biking. They can even bike all the way into town if they want on tracks now. So it's really popular for the energetic person as well. There's a lot happening for our residents of Ashford and Prebleton. That's that's correct, and um, it will be great once that new um, village is set up and running completely. But um, what else is great about the Bupa Retirement Village when people move into villages, Hamish, they have this understanding that they're getting put away, and it's not like that at all. Living in a village is about keeping your independence, but knowing that you're living in a community with lovely, friendly, like-minded people, 
Um, we don't want, no one wants to lose their independence. And the beauty when you move into a village, you create new friendships that take you through for many years. And when at the stage when you're finished um, being totally independent, all of our um, villages have care homes attached. So it means you transition into rest home care in latter years. But you've got those friendships you've already made in the village. So you're still very much part of the village and you're still welcome to come along to our activities and our events when you're there. So it's a really nice transition into that retirement years and you just begin new friendships. That's excellent. And a big part of it would be the community spirit, I assume. Yes, they're very social, some of these villages, Hamish. So there's certainly some community spirit. Perhaps you can tell us, do all your retirement villages have care homes? Yeah, well, we have 50, we've got 54 locations across New Zealand and the majority of our retirement villages have a care home on site. We do have 18 additional standalone care homes which don't have the retirement village attached. But going forward, as they, um, they build or make new villages, they will have, they certainly have that care home side of it attached to take people through their journey. Oh, brilliant. There seems to be plenty of options available there. Um, so if somebody's interested in the Ashford retirement in Prebleton, how do they get in touch with you? So they can uh, contact us or look on our website, which is www.boopa.co.nz. And on there, they'll see my cell phone number. So they're very welcome to call me direct or come through the website. No problem at all. Oh, that's great. I was reading in your on your website today that... Um, Everybody purchasing, purchasing a villa at Ashford um, will receive a year's membership to the new Hornby Club. So that's a that's another way incentive there. That it is, and, and it's proving really well because what that does with um, Ashford, it extends the option for our residents to enjoy extra activities because they actually have competition bowls and competition dart tournaments and pool. Plus, obviously, they're due to open their new restaurant, so it means residents can go over. The shuttle comes and picks them up from the village and then brings them back if they would like. And they, the new menu or the new restaurant is due to open at the Hornby Club. Also have live music on a Sunday and they have shows once um, level, we come out of Level 2, they'll be having their concerts again at, on Saturday night. So it's just something nice for our residents to enjoy while they're building and creating those relationships with new people moving into the village. That sounds pretty good to me. So um, anyway, Debs, thanks for your time today and all the best. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. So with me in the studio now, I've got Nigel Matthews, who is the National Manager for the Retirement Village Residents Association. Welcome, Nigel. Hello. So what is the Retirement Village Residents Association? Oh, look, good question. So it's a an organisation that was set up in 2014-15, um, and it's a group of residents or people that are in retirement villages that wanted a national voice. And so we represent um, close to 10,000 retirement village resident members, um, which makes up 47,000 retirement village residents throughout New Zealand. Wow, that's quite a substantial amount. Now, you're talking about retirement village residents. Now, there's also rest homes. Do you represent them as well? So rest homes fall under a 
different legislative framework. So we focus on retirement villages that fall under the Retirement Villages Act of 2003 and the Associated Code of Practice of 2008. Um, And they are predominantly people that are in independent living as opposed to aged care, which would have assisted um, living and care needs, and that would come under a DHB framework. Um, the lines are blurring a little bit because you now have some care options that offer what are called occupational right agreements, and that's where you don't actually own the room or the place that you're moving in. You have what's called a licence to occupy, but you still pay a substantial amount for that And that would be typical in more of the apartment-style units more and more because it looks a little bit like a rest home sometimes? Yeah, so so there are some that are called care suites now. And so they come under um, the DHB framework and they'll offer rest home or hospital-level care, but they come with an occupational right agreement. So there'll be a premium room. They might have a kitchenette, you know, an ensuite, et cetera. Um, But you have to pay an upfront amount to actually um, be in that room. So you still represent those members? So we would we would represent those under the occupational right agreement, but where it then falls into medical or care issues, that falls under the Health and Disability Commission. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So how do you help your members? Okay. So, um, so first of all, we, we have... Um, three things that we do, which is consult, connect, and advocate. Consult is at a local or national level. So we will actually um, work with resident committees, and each retirement village is afforded the opportunity of setting up a residence committee. Um, It's protected under the Code of Practice, and residents have the right to be able to set up a residence committee to assist them in, in, um, in I guess, the it can sometimes be the social arrangements mm. within a village, like coordinating happy hours or, or functions, etc., through to being a really good channel for um, communication to be given to management to assist them. So it it becomes a bit like a sounding board. Management can meet with a residence committee once a month to get the inside scoop on what's happening. Mm. Are there any niggles that need to be addressed? Mm. Um, And and work with management to assist them. At the end of the day, the decision is still management's, but it's a really good tool um, for operators to utilise. So that's at a local level. And then a national level would be where we where um, the Retirement Village Residents Association and the executive members there would engage with Parliament, with MPs, with select committees, um, and with other major agencies like Consumer NZ, Grey Power, Age Concern, to assist in change or frameworks that would better meet the needs of independent living residents in a retirement village. Is there an example that is current right now that is yeah, that look. you're advocating for? <laughs> Probably a lot, but, you know, we've, we've well, got a bit of a time time, yeah. time time limit on us, but, you okay. know, is there something that you can share? Sure, yes. So um, there's a petition that's being put to um, uh, 
presented to Parliament this week. And it was a petition raised by the Retirement Village Residents Association and it had two parts to it. The first one was supporting the call for an urgent review of the legislative framework that protects retirement village residents. Um, It was something that the Retirement Commissioner had released a white paper report end of last year, start of this year, and we had nearly 3,500 submissions that came in to the Retirement Villages or Retirement Commissioner's Office. Nearly 2 of those thousand came through our association. Um, And so it's calling for an urgent review, which is what the Retirement Commissioner and New Zealand uh, Consumer NZ have supported. Secondly, um, we've said, look, when you move into a retirement village, and majority of villages are fantastic, by the way, great social opportunities, community, culture, um, and they get looked at, residents get looked after really well. Where it can fall down um, is when you exit the retirement village. Mm. And the retirement village does not need to pay your money back until they've relicensed your unit to the next person coming in. But you have no say over the sales process. You have no say on who gets chosen. You have no say on who sets the price or how mm. the price gets set. Yep. And you can't complain for nine months Wow. until that process has actually gone through and um, they either have or haven't been able to relicense it. So we've said, look, um, we just want to see residents' monies, and this is the upfront capital sum or interest-free loan that they pay at the start, we want to see that returned within 28 days, similar to when you pay a bond for a rental property. It has to be returned within a set time. Yep. Oh, well, they sound really valid. It'd be interesting to see what happens in that space. (laughs) Well, look... And it's a continual (laughs) continual process, isn't it? It is a continual process. New South Wales has had this law in place for 20 years, Mm. um, and it's been great. So I I guess we've seen other Australian states follow that same model and have guaranteed buybacks. Yeah. The association is saying, look, it would really help. And I know some. I know there's definitely some rest homes that have those buybacks. They're fairly immediate. The retirement villages, yes. Yeah, and so yeah, sorry, rest rest homes, retirement villages. Ah, and so we, you know, so they do best practice as an option, but making it law, yeah, would seem seem valid. There are there are a hand. There's um there is uh, some operators who have never kept residents waiting more than six months, which Mm. is great. Yeah. Um, but I guess the concern is if that takes much longer the, and a resident needs to move into care, and let's say the care they need to get, there's nothing that's a standard room, they need to get some premium care, or they needed to move into a care suite, where's the money coming from? Mm. Because if it's not on site and they've got to shift to a different facility, all their money is tidy up, tied up in that actual unit yeah. and isn't available to them. Yeah, so why would someone in a retirement village join the Retirement Village Residents Association? Great. So um, the two other things we do is um, connect, and that's where we give them communication as to what's happening in other retirement villages around New Zealand. Mm. And that's really helpful, especially when you're seeing how residents are managing situations, whether it be COVID, whether it be um, happy hours, 
Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things. So we have two printed newsletters that go out a year, plus we have um, monthly newsletters that come out um, via email as well. And then the last thing is around the advocacy. Um, on a local level, sometimes you just want someone to be able to have a talk to and say, hey, look, I'm struggling in this arrangement or setup. Can you give me some advice? Mm-hmm. Um, or I feel fearful in talking to my manager about X, Y, or Z. Um, I don't know what to do. And that's where we can come in and we can assist. But I guess the biggest thing is around it's a $20 membership for a single and it's a $30 membership for a couple. And that's per annum. Mm. Um, And that goes towards helping the association cover its costs in meeting with MPs and government to discuss these things so that there is a fairer, more balanced um, platform out there. Great. So how do people get in touch with you? Oh, great. Look, glad you asked. (laughs) So we have... um, we have an 0800 number to make yeah. it nice and easy. So would which you like is, to say what that is? I can. I, I don't have a little tune that it goes with, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you it's, it's 0800 787 699. So that's 0800 787 699. Or they can go to our website, and that's got heaps of information on it, which is www.rvranz.org. Dot NZ. And I believe we have that on our website as well at Selwyn District Council. Great. And it was on Swell in Print on the 17th of November if everyone lifted that out of the Selwyn Times. So thanks, Nigel, for coming into the studio. Oh, thanks and, for having us. And chatting about your association. Now we're going to hear from Sharon Bennett from Retirement Unit Surrender Consultancy. Welcome to this morning's show, Sharon. Thank you for having me, Kirsten. So who are Retirement Unit Surrender Consultancy? Yeah, we're basically a consultancy firm providing services to occupation right license owners, and we help them when it comes to surrendering their units so, and also from moving from one unit to another, and also when they're surrendering and moving out of the village. Okay, so what sets your service apart from those already on offer in the market? Well, our service is slightly different because we offer two aspects of the service. There's the guidance service where if somebody wants to do their surrender or their power of attorney or family member wants to do it on their behalf, we can sit there and help them, just guide them through what the statutory supervisor needs, what the retirement village solicitors need in order to meet those requirements so that the surrender can take place. Then we also have what we call a management service where we take over the whole transaction from them. So basically we do everything from start to finish. So going through all the paperwork, liaising with the village, liaising with the solicitors on their behalf. So really what a solicitor would do, we do the same under our management service. So you can do the exit because it's not required to have a legal advisor on the exit or the change? Yes, under the retirement village legislation, when you move into a village, it is a requirement that you get advice from a registered solicitor on your occupation right agreement, which is the contract you enter into when buying your occupation right. But when it comes to surrender, there's no such requirement. So you can actually either do it yourself or you can get somebody else to do it on your behalf as long as you provide the paperwork and the information and meet the requirements of the statutory supervisor. It's something that really doesn't require a solicitor to do. 
Okay, so it can be a lot cheaper for yes, people yes. as an option. And so where are you based and which areas do you serve? Well, we're based in Canterbury and we service the whole of Christchurch as well as and we'll travel to any client or resident that's 35 kilometres from Christchurch city centre, you know, where, where required. So if there's like transportation issues or mobility issues, we're happy to come out to you rather than you coming to us. And how do people get in contact with you? Well, you can go on our website, which is um, www.rustconsultancy.com, or you can send us an email at info at rustconsultancy.com, or you can phone us on 027-215-7676. Thanks so much for being able to talk about your service today, Sharon. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, Kirsten. It's nice to be here. me today I've got Robin Johnson. Robin shared previously her research on older people, the happiest of them all, looking at the fact that we get happier as we get as we age. So Robin set up a business out of that research called Transition Navigators. So welcome Robin. Thank you Kirsten. How does Transition Navigators help older people and their families? So Transition Navigators, as you said, has been set up out of um, my PhD research looking into wellbeing and also my master's research where I looked at why do older people leave their family homes. And it seemed to me that people were often staying in family homes because they felt overwhelmed or unsure of what to do next. So Transition Navigators helps people by finding the best accommodation for them. Now that may be that they stay in their own home, but there may need to be changes made to accommodate them better. Or it may be moving somewhere else to a place that is more suitable to their needs and both now and in the future. So we help older people by taking that overwhelmed feeling away and doing the research for them without them having to think about it. And the same for their families who are often worried about how a parent is coping and what they should do about it. So who are your typical clients? Who would approach you? So either older people themselves who want to be in control and would like to find out more about what their options are or it could be uh, family members who are concerned and who have tried to speak to parents but perhaps haven't had a great deal of success. So they may engage me on behalf of their parents. Whoever engages me, it is always the older person that we are working for. So you're able to help assess with, I guess, an impartial view of how content that older person is in their current situation or could be in a future situation that might be different. So we would take, on average, an hour to interview people and talk to them about what are they worried about, what do they want, Um, why do they want to stay here, why might they consider moving, Um, what things are difficult, what things um, 
perhaps scare them even? And then what would they like in a place that they were living? What would be important to them? And then we would go away and research that, which takes quite a bit of time to find appropriate places. We come back with the research and we would have uh, always three options, sometimes four. If we've got a fourth option, that would be a bit of a left field one so that it allows people to think about all different types of things. So typically people would think that their choice are their choices are to stay where they are, move into a retirement village or into residential care. But there is far greater choices than that. So we would present the options and then we also present alongside those the pros and cons of them from what they have told us in the interview previously. So I guess you could say that we're tying together all of the things that they've said, researching it and going back and presenting it to them in a coherent um, way so that they can then make the decision about which of those options they might want to take. As well, we often find that it usually takes us about a fortnight to do the research properly, write up the report. But that allows the older person an opportunity to think more about what they've talked about. And often on that second time that we visit them, when we present the report, they'll have some other ideas that they will come up with too. So the benefits are obviously that information, not just for the older person, but for the family. That's true, as well as we take the friction out of family members trying to, uh, or family members often have different ideas within a family about what a parent or parents should do. So we're able to come in and, and be the outsider offering things that are not with any bias, which often family members do have a bias of they want a parent to live closer to them, they believe that certain things would be better for them than other things, and that might cause conflict in the family. So we can reduce that conflict both between siblings often and between um, and with parents. That sounds great. So how do people get in touch with you if they want to look at your service for themselves or for their parents? So they could um, look at our website and if they just search for Transition Navigators, they can find that and there's an inquiry form on there that they can send to us or they can ring us on 0800 487 267. Thank you so much for sharing about Transition Navigators with Swell On Air today, Robin. Thank you, Kirsten. Harira. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear other stories about ageing well in Selwyn, check out Plains FM website and search Swell On Air. Matewa.